I was standing over there worshiping, and, I, and I've said this a lot to kids in our youth group and people in the church that I want to get to a point where I praise and I worship like I don't even care who's watching. I wish, and I pray, not wish, I pray, and I'm believing that we'll all get to that place where I don't care who's next to me, I don't care who's in front of me, who's behind me, I'm just going to give God the glory and praise. And whatever that looks like, if it looks like a 6'3", 245-pound man jumping up and down, that's what it looks like. I got to get in better shape um, cardio-wise, but I just, man, Harlan and the praise team, you guys are phenomenal. And he will be the first one to tell you and everybody on his team, it's not about them, it's what God's doing through them. And it's such a blessing to be out there just, you don't want to take that for granted that you've got anointed musicians and singers that are in tune with the Holy Spirit and just singing from a place that's different than just being talented. It's being anointed as they sing. And I love it. I appreciate them so much. Uh, I don't know. God's good. I'm happy. Happy. Want you guys to be happy too and excited? Uh, I, want, I want to walk around on this earth and people know that that guy's, I'll say weird, but that guy's different. What in the world's wrong with him? I want people to say that about me. I hope you do too. Maybe not the weird part, but that's just something I inherited, so um, I'll stick with it. But just for people to see the change in the life that's flowing out of you because he's flowing in you, uh, that's huge in this world right now, that we are an example of what God's done for us. And that shines out for other people to see. Man, it's good. It's good. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. And I understand the ones that couldn't be here. I hope you're watching online um, because God's presence is thick in this place today. If you can't feel it, you'll get a chance here in a little bit. Okay. Uh, but I just love the Lord. I love this church. I'm glad you guys are here today again. Uh, I can't stress enough about the Revive and Renew Youth Rally that Dale mentioned earlier. I want your kids. Listen, we talked on Wednesday night in our youth group about, man, what a year it's been. Just what a year it's been with the, the pandemic and things like that. But what a year it's been for people to fall away from God instead of drawing closer to God during this struggle and this time. We've seen so many in our youth group, maybe in the church also, that uh, because of all this that's happened, I really believe it was a, an attack of the enemy to try to draw people away from the Lord. I'm going to shut down where you can't meet. And I'm going to make you guys kind of uh, numb to your faith and pull you away from God. And it's happened. It's happened to people. And we talked about it as a youth group, and we had some conversation Wednesday night that we don't want to stay there. Uh, we want to move forward. We want to get back to where God's presence is what we're about when we come in this place. So, you know, I encourage you to have your kids here Sunday night. We're going to have some games for them set up. We're going to have some preaching. We're going to have some worship. Uh, if you were with us on a Wednesday night about a month ago, we had people of freedom here. They're coming back. Sunday night for this youth rally to play some music for us and worship together. And then my former pastor uh, at the church I was at before I came to Orchardville, Brian and Chris Palmer, they're coming to minister the word and they're excited about being here. And we just want to pour into your kids the love of God. And we want them to be changed and energized and focused as they go back on the battlefield of their schools and their communities, uh, that the Lord is moving in their life and they want other people to experience that too. So have them there. Sunday night, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago about small groups, and everybody looked at me, and I thought in my mind I'd told everybody, but apparently I didn't. <laughs> but we're going to, uh, next couple months, get some small groups going. We're going to call them grow groups. Grow groups. And we're going to bring those back uh, and kind of revamp them, revitalize them, and bring some community and unity into the church uh, in a time that I feel like is really needed for us. 
to grow relationships, to become closer, to become a family uh, that can lean on each other during tough times. And it's hard, like I said, it's hard on a Sunday to get that just because everything going on and, and we're crunched for time. Uh, a lot of people don't stick around afterwards, but I think in these grow groups, we're gonna have a chance to fellowship with people that th have things in common with us, get to know some people and really come together as a family, amen? So I'm excited about those. Discipleship plans almost complete to roll that out. Um, and let me tell you another thing that, I promise I'm gonna preach a little bit here in a minute. <laughs> Something that encourages me is seeing you guys, and I t uh, I've told this to my kids back in youth for the last four years, seeing you guys positive on social media encourages me. Um, as your pastor, that you guys are spreading the love of Jesus instead of spreading the hate of the devil on social media. So it's such an encouragement to read things and see people that are, that are sharing, that are praying for people, that are encouraging people, that are just putting positivity out there in this dark world right now. So thank you for that. Uh, continue being an encouragement to people in the church. How many of you, I'm gonna put you on the spot, reached out to somebody in the church this week and just gave some encouragement or talked to somebody within the church? It's pretty good. Okay, we wanna get to where every Sunday, if I ask that, Rick, I did it twice. Okay. So make sure you're reaching out. This is family. This is our family. Okay, so reach out to them. You may see something that they post on social media like red flag. Uh, they're struggling with something. Reach out to that person. Just give them a word of encouragement. It means a lot. How many love to be encouraged? I do. So I know you guys do too. So reach out to people in the church. Um, get out of your tent this morning. There's my tent. I'm going to attempt to be in this here in a minute without hurting myself. Mark offered me a, a lawn chair. I said, no, I'm gonna rough it. I'm gonna sit on the ground. So I'm gonna be here in that tent and here in a minute, but let's pray before we get into the word. Father, we thank you and we praise you. God, for the opportunity to come in. Father, even on a day where the weather's not the best and we can worship you, we can praise you. And Father, thank you for technology that we're able to give this to our people at home as well, Father. And they can be a part of this. And Lord, I just ask right now that uh, you just flow through me, God, and my words are what's coming from you, God, and just anoint hearts and ears and minds to receive what you have for us this morning. And Lord, I just love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 15 as I take my place. Thank you to Mark, for George, for getting this for me. Oh, gosh, I'm old. How do I want to sit? I thought about Indian style, but now I've changed my mind. I might get a uh, cramp or something and not be able to get out, so. Genesis chapter 15, we're going to be in verses 1 through 6 this morning. Get out of your tent. And, you know, Dale was talking about it in pre-service, where are you going to go with this? And he thought he knew, but we'll see where we end up here this morning. But I really think this is going to be a word for a lot of you in here this morning, going to speak to your heart, and God's going to do some things during our altar time. Amen. I don't know why I like to say amen like that, I guess. All right, Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. If, if, you, if you've read this story and you look back in chapter 12, God first came to Abram, later to be called Abraham. So if I mix that up a little bit this morning, that's why. In chapter 18, um, and he called him to leave his country, leave his family, leave your friends, and go to the land I will show you. And he took his wife, Sarai, also later called Sarah, 
like my beautiful wife, and his nephew Lot, God said, I will make you into a great nation. All the families on earth will be blessed through you and your descendants, okay? And then in chapter 13, Abraham and Lot end up splitting up. And then in chapter 14, Abram has to rescue Lot because he had been taken captive by the kings of, uh, that had attacked Sodom and Gomorrah. And then we're in chapter 15, in verse one's where we're gonna start. But remember that God had promised a nation to Abram, okay? He promised him a nation, and through Abram and through his descendants, the whole world would be blessed. All right, let's start in verse one. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid. I'm just going to stop right there. Uh, close your eyes just for one second. Do not be afraid. Father, right now, those words right now, Father, I just pray they speak to somebody in here to, this morning, God, who's ever dealing with fear right now, whatever the situation is, that they understand they do not need to be afraid. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, minister to them. Give them that assurance, Father, that you're with them. They do not have to fear in the midst of what they're going through right now. And I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. And, and you guys know that God is a rewarder, correct? Everybody knows that. Everybody understands that. He's a rewarder to those that diligently seek him, it says in Hebrews eleven six, There are no limits to the rewards that God has for us, okay? And God wants to be a reward to you and in your life. And he's telling this to Abram here, but Abram has a problem. And Abram's problem is that he still doesn't have children, and all the world is supposed to be blessed from his descendants. But he's got this issue with God right now that I don't have them. And, and, and he says, God just told him, and he, God's telling him, I'm your protector, I'm your reward. And this is such a strange way for Abram to reply after hearing this from God. He didn't say, oh, thank you, God, you're so good. No, he said, listen, God, I need to talk to you about something. And have you ever started up a conversation with somebody and you say hello and you kind of tell them something they just totally ignore everything you said and get to right to the point of their problem? Anybody been there before? Like, hey, I just said hi to you or I just said something to you and you just totally ignored me and you went straight to whatever you're dealing with. That's what's happening here. So he kind of ignores what God says to him and Abram says in verse two, but Abram replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? So he's not too concerned with all the blessings. He's concerned about the seed, the offspring that's supposed to carry on with this promise from God. And he's not saying Give me all the blessings, Lord. That's great. That's wonderful. That's not what he's saying to him here. And he says, since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. In other words, I don't have any children. The heir of my house is not even a child. And he goes on to say this, you have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. And... He's being pretty bold with the Lord. He's being pretty straightforward. And, and this, is, this is God Almighty he's talking to, that he's addressing here like this. And he said, look, he, he said, look around, God. Do you see any children here? Man, you look all around here, God. You don't see any children. You're not giving me this promise that you gave me. I'm not seeing it come to pass. And then the Lord says this to him. He says, then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord 
and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Wow. And remember, Abram's upset here about not having any children. You know, I'm getting older, Lord. Look at my body. Look at my wife's body. We're old. What are you waiting on with this promise? Where is my promise? And sometimes we ourselves read about the promises of God and we wonder, where are you at? I know you spoke this over my life. Why isn't it happening? Where is my promise? Where's the stuff that you promised in your word, God, for my life? Where are they? And Abram's saying, Lord, where are they? But, but the word of the Lord comes to him and says, they're coming. They're, they're coming. Look at, back at verse 5 again. The Lord took Abram outside and said to him, he took him outside. Outside of where? He took him outside of his tent to tell him what was about to happen in his life. Took him outside of his home. And I know this doesn't look like much of a home. This was just a visual for this morning. I'm sure Abram's tent was a lot bigger than this and you know, better than this. But he took him outside of it to see what he had in store for him. If I gave you guys an hour this morning to... Uh, Study everything in this room. I mean, look at everything, look everything over and, and just study it and memorize it. It probably wouldn't even take you an hour to understand where everything's at. And for me to ask you, what do you remember about this room? Because you can see it. But the, the only thing about this room is you can only see what's in here. You can't see what's outside of here. So I'm, I'm asking you to look over this room. You can probably memorize here, but your vision is stopped inside this room. You can't see out of it. And that's, and that's what he's facing here, what Abram's facing here. He can't see. All he sees is the familiar. I see the things around me. I see this. I see my older wife. I see my older body. I see no kids. I see everything that's familiar to me. But God wants to take him outside of that because he's forgotten what his promise was and who God was in his life. Again, we can't see anything beyond this room when we're in the room. Abram's seeing everything that's around him, but he's not seeing everything that there is everything that God has in store for him. And, and that happens in our lives too. Sometimes this tent represents our circumstances that we're in in life. And all we see is the circumstance and we don't get outside of that circumstance to see what God has in store for us instead. We get stuck in this problem. We get stuck in the tent of discouragement, of doubt, of struggle, and we never move outside of it to where God has promised for us. Amen? He's not seeing this promise anymore, and all he's seeing is the problem. All we're seeing is the circumstances. All you're seeing is the things inside your tent. And he's saying, there's no children here, God. There's just this older body, just my wife's older body. And God brought him outside the tent. He said, come outside. I want you to see something. And this morning, I believe God wants to bring some of you guys outside of that tent that you're in, where you have forgotten what his promises were to you in your life. You're, you're inside your tent, you're inside your circumstance, you're inside your problems, and you can't see past them right now. I know there's people in here that are dealing with that. Bring you out of seeing just the problem, bring you out of seeing just the circumstances, bring you out of seeing only what your human eyes can see. God wants to get you out of your tent so you can remember the promises that he's made over your life. And some of you guys this morning, you need a breakthrough. Anybody? You need a breakthrough in your life. I need a breakthrough in my I need a breakthrough spiritually. 
This church needs a breakthrough spiritually. We can't stay focused on uh, what things aren't happening. We have to remember what God's going to do, what he's promised us he's going to do, what this church is going to be, what this church should be right now. And how many of us understand this morning that the answer is never the problem, okay? When you take a test and you see those problems on the test, the answer is not there. Why? Because you're supposed to study to get those answers. It's never in the problem. But we as people are so used to continuing to look at the problem, if we, and if we continue to do that, we're never going to see the answer. You know, when we, when we look at circumstances, we look at problems in our life, uh, what we tend to do is meditate on those things, and when we meditate on those things, we start to magnify those things instead of magnifying the one that's the answer to the problem. When we med- whatever we're meditating on is what we're magnifying. And if I'm stuck in my tent mag- and, and I'm meditating on this problem, I'm magnifying it, I'm not magnifying him. And I'll never get past it, I'll never get out of that tent unless I start clinging to the promises that God promised me in my life from this book. We need to get out of the tent because we need to see more than what we're seeing. We, un- we need to understand that God has a destiny waiting for us outside that tent as well. He has a destiny for your life outside of whatever you're struggling with right now. In your tents, all the familiar things, but the familiar things are not the answer. You know, a lot of times we need to get out of our comfort zone of the tent, you know, whatever that represents for you. Maybe that's the home. Um, Maybe that's the situation. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the hurt. Maybe that's the struggle. We need to get outside of that and step into the promise that God has for us and remember those promises. Jeremiah 33, three, it is super quiet in here today. Maybe it's the snow stuff. Jeremiah 33, three, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and wonderful things which you do not know. Man, you know what? Here's what should happen when a pastor gets on a stage, not just here, anywhere. This should be enough. But here's what we as pastors have to do. We have to try to say just the right thing or, or just get this perfect point across with the scripture because this hasn't become enough anymore. We expect these pastors to come up with these wonderful sermons that are going to grab our attention and, oh, I could get a quote out of that to post later instead of just me opening this book and reading it and you guys say, wow, wow, look at this. This should be enough. I'm not saying we don't need pastors and preachers, but this should be enough. When I open this and read it, it should jump off the page into your heart and make you excited. And this is one of those scriptures, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and wonderful things which you do not know. Again, God's wanting to show us things outside of our tents, outside of our circumstances, outside of our problems, things we do not know yet. He wants to show those things to us. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those. Man, those P words. That is my crutch. First, I'm going to read it again. Overcome this. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even imagine it. We can't see it, we can't hear it, we can't imagine what he's got in store for us. 
So why would we want to stay in a tent with our problems and our struggles when God's got so much more? That we, we can't even imagine it. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. God reveals these things to us through his Holy Spirit, those things that have been prepared for us. He is such a strength for us when we're able to get outside of that. Such a strength for us and his Holy Spirit working in us. Uh, when I, you know, I talked about magnifying earth. When I lock in on God, anything that comes up in life seems to not be as big a deal to me when I'm locked in where I need to be with him. It's just, all right, little hiccup here, little bump in the road. Here I go. I'm still going. God, you got me. It's when I stop and I start meditating on, oh, we didn't get to have, you know, you know, back when we miscarried our first child, if I would have stayed there and meditated on, we lost our child. Where were you in that God? Why? Why? And I would have forgot about the promises that he's given me and that, and that he's always there for me, that he's my strength, he's my source of hope. Uh, if I would have forgot all that stuff, no telling where I would have went. I've been stuck in that tent still, miserable. And not fulfilled what he called me to do. Not seen my son and my daughter and just, and just gave up. And when those things come up in life, if, if we're where we're supposed to be with God and we're communing with him daily and we're close to him and we're letting his Holy Spirit work through us, that's a big difference when the trials of life come our way. Such a big difference. And then that, not only is that a big difference in our life, that's an example to the other believers. That, my goodness, look at that struggle that they're going through. Man, and they're not missing a beat in their faith. They're not missing a beat. They understand who God is in their life. And they're trusting him despite the troubles, despite the struggles. Again, the Holy Spirit is revealing these things to us that have been prepared for us. There's things that have been prepared for every single one of you in here. Everyone in here, God has prepared things for you. When we get these, when we get these trials and things come up and we're in this tent of discouragement or whatever it is, you have to remember God has a plan for my life. He has a plan for me. And I have to get outside of this. I have to get out of my tent of whatever it is I'm dealing with and I have to cling to his promises and believe that his word is true. Again, things you've never seen, things you've never heard to get us out of that tent and experience, experience what he has in store for us. The praise team would come back up. I know I'm done, done a little early today, but I just want to worship and let God move in your life this morning. And here, for those of you that like to cling to a little line or something to take home with you, um, when you can see the invisible, God can do the impossible. How do you do that, right? How do you see the invisible? You have faith that he's going to do what he said he would do. Again, when you can see the invisible, God will do the impossible. We have to cling to that. We have to understand that's who he is. That's what he's about. And we need to get out of that tent. Whatever it is this morning that you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, do not stay in that tent. Get out. 
The Lord is calling you out of that. He does not want you to stay there. He wants you to remember what his promises were to you. You may be discouraged. I'm just gonna pray for a second. If you, you guys stand and bow your heads. I just wanna hear from God here. I don't wanna miss what he has for somebody this morning. If you'll pray with me for his Holy Spirit to just start working on people and working through me. You may be in here this morning and you admit, Rick, I'm in that tent. I'm in that tent. I've had things happen to me and I just can't see past that. I can't get over it into what God has promised me in my life. I can't see my destiny because I'm stuck in this tent right now. And some of you in here, Holy Spirit, just move. Father, reveal. Father, work right now in this place. Some of you are dealing with some deep, deep, deep sorrow and grief. And it's a pain that a lot of people don't understand and a lot of people don't know. But God does. He's calling you out of that tent this morning to restore the joy inside of you. Some of you may have been abused at some point in your life. You just can't trust anymore. You can't even trust God because of what you've been through. And God's waiting on the outside of that tent saying, I'm here for you. Come to me. Come to me. All of you that are weary and heavy laden, come to me. Come out of that tent this morning. Let me heal that hurt that's inside your heart. Some of you have been hurt by the church. Not necessarily this church, just church. And we as Christians are the church. So maybe you've been hurt by the church and you're struggling with that. And God says, I want you to out of that to have forgiveness and get rid of the bitterness and your heart to be healed so you can do what he's called you to do he has a destiny for you he has a plan for you don't stop walking in it some of you are hurting from broken relationships and there's just so many things that the Holy Spirit wants to minister to this morning if you'll just make that step to the altar and say God I'm moving out of my tent moving out of this hurt and this pain and I want to run to you for your promises hallelujah Jesus we praise you we praise you and we worship you right now God Lord I pray that your Holy Spirit is working and moving and God that people will respond people will respond and move out of that tent and towards your presence God Lord and that you will remind them how much they are loved how much they are cared for and how much they mean to you so as I open up these altars this morning and they sing and we worship, if that's you this morning, just find a place to pray. You getting up out of your seat and walking forward is you walking out of that tent and towards God. And I pray as you hit that altar that the Holy Spirit just ministers to, you heart, to your heart and those chains and that hardness that's on your heart would shatter and break off in the name of Jesus. Minister this morning, God.
If you don't know the Lord or maybe you need to rededicate your life to him this morning, I'm here and I'm available. Or deacons and every, anybody else that wants to come up and pray, we're available for you to talk to. So Father, right now as we open these altars up, do a work that only you can do, God. Holy Spirit, move amongst your people and draw them out of the tent towards your presence, God, where you change things, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.